when we feel insecure and unsure, when the red flags start to surface, we lean back on what we thought we knew to begin with. And that becomes our foundation of truth. And that is how we orient ourselves when it comes to this knowingness. And it's not true for the present moment. And that's how things can start to get icky um, and complicated and mucky in these relationships because it's not based on what's happening in the present moment because we try to convince ourselves that what's happening in the present moment isn't happening by relying on how we felt in the past. And I can say this with such um, confidence because I've been in this situation multiple times. And I've watched myself move through the process of feeling like, oh, this relationship is beautiful. This relationship is actually everything that I ever hoped for in a relationship. And then slowly over time, you ask yourself, oh, is is this safe? Am I safe? And then we look back and we think, oh, well, I was safe in this moment, so I'm safe in the present moment as well. And then our version of truth becomes distorted because simultaneously as we're questioning ourselves, this person is questioning us. There's gaslighting. They're making us feel fucking crazy. They are distorting our reality and we begin to lose our perception of of what's real for us because we don't know because this person is making us feel fucking crazy, right? How many of you listening to this have experienced that? And that for me was one of the hardest aspects that I've experienced in any relationship ever because it brings you away from your intuition. Hello, my sweet angels. Welcome to Bad Witches Only. I'm your host, Allie Schlenner. If you don't know who I am, I am a self-love and empowerment coach, as well as an energy healer, breathwork facilitator, and a 500-hour yoga teacher. I am so thankful that you are here and you chose to spend this time with me as we move through the most fun topic ever. Just kidding. Um... (laughs) If you guys are new here, you're like, what the fuck? Um, I have a very dark sense of humor and I love that about me. Um, And also you'll notice I cry, I express, I laugh. I am just, um, I allow myself to move into the different parts of me that come out as we talk about uh, some of the deepest things in this life lesson series is no fucking joke. I'm really diving in and I'm showing you and sharing with you all of these different parts of me and my inner child is like, what are you doing? Are you sure this is safe? Why are you talking about these things? And my highest self is like, bitch, open your mouth, express. So here we are. I'm also giggling because I'm in a podcast room in a co-working space and everyone um, is like outside working in their own way, doing their own thing. But if people can hear me, they're like, who the fuck is this girl? Welcome to Bad Witches Only, motherfuckers. <laughs> this is a live fucking show. All right. I'm so happy you're here. I would like to share with you before we get started that I just had the best 
lunch of my entire life and I am just a happy baby. I've really been loving food for the past few days. And sometimes I can be a little restrictive with myself and be like, Allie, don't eat that. What are you doing? But these days I'm just like, eat the fucking bite of cheesecake. And that's what's so beautiful too, is when you allow yourself to just do something, you naturally bring in the sense of permission, which often offers us the moderation that we wouldn't necessarily have if we were meeting ourselves from a place of judgment. So when we meet ourselves with self-love, it's just like, oh, the behavior change automatically comes in. So I had a bite of cheesecake and it was like, had this caramel nutty coconut thing on. I don't know what the fuck it was, but it was the best thing I've ever put in my mouth in my entire life. And yesterday I had a bite of this gluten-free chocolate cake that changed my life. It changed my perspective on life. And now all of a sudden I'm a bad bitch. (laughs) I don't know what happened. So anywho, I've really been loving food. And I remember back in the day um, when social media first became a thing and I was in high school, I remember one of my friends posted something about nothing tastes as good as skinny feels like that was the quote. And I was just like, oh, my God, wait, (laughs) have you ever tried chocolate cake? (laughs) And I don't know why that quote is something that sticks with me, but it really is. And I realized at one point, um, like that was a filter in my mind when I would go to eat something, it would just be like, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. And then I was like, wait, but this chocolate cake tastes way better than skinny feels. (laughs) And it's so good. But anywho, everything in moderation. Um, I'm not saying go eat an entire chocolate cake, but like maybe have a bite (laughs) or three or whatever. But Anywho, being a tourist rising, I just really love food. In this past week, I've been allowing myself to indulge. And I noticed that in that indulgence, I actually met myself with more love and moderation than I would have if I didn't let myself indulge. indulge. So that just feels really good. And I was reflecting on the amazing vegan tamal that I had that was just came straight out of heaven. Okay, anywho. I live in Mexico, if you don't know this. All right, let's get into the fucking meat of the episode. Are we ready to talk about, ready to go from lunch and cheesecake and chocolate cake and tamales to emotionally abusive relationships? Because that is how we do transitions up in here. We just go for it. All right. So this is not in chronological order. I will have a life lessons series um, about my near-death experience that I moved through in 2016 and um the emotionally abusive relationship Bologna comes after that like immediately after that but I also want to respect my intuition and spirit as it moves through me and I felt inside of my heart and my soul that there's somebody out there that needed to hear this message this week and so I honor that. I honor you, whoever you are listening, um, if this is the message that you needed to hear in this moment. um, This is for you. And if you're here out of curiosity uh, or because you love me and you want to hear my story, I thank you for being here as well. Each and every one of you who tune in and just show up with a sense of presence and an open heart and to give a shit um about me <laughs> like that's fucking amazing thank you so much for being here and i hope that my stories 
bring you a deeper sense of love and trust within yourself and remind you that you are never alone and that you are safe to fuck up and you are safe to get back up. And we have zero control over what the universe throws at us. We have zero control over how much will be handed in our lifetime. Um, And sometimes we just have to take the cards that we've been dealt and say, okay, um, where is my point of control in this situation? And how can I move forward from a place of empowerment and a place of self-love? Because what I've been receiving on the outside isn't um, in alignment for my soul anymore. And I'm calling in more ease and grace. And that means we have to meet ourselves with more love because the way that we feel about ourselves on the inside is often what we're handed on the outside. So to just be here in this room with me, I always picture when I'm doing a podcast, like me and all of you angels sitting in a room together, having this conversation, but to be here in this room with me, It means that you are willing to take in a perspective that could shift your understanding of self-love and the way that that can come out in relationships. And it can shift the perspective of unworthiness and it can break that cycle just from hearing my words and seeing and feeling how it resonates in your heart and soul. Because I promise you, my sweet angel love, if you have ever moved through um, an emotionally abusive relationship or a relationship that's not serving you, I promise you with my whole entire fucking heart, you never deserved that. You never did. And I ask you to listen with an open heart and I ask you to remember what it is that you do deserve. And in order to do that, you have to ground yourself into your own sense of unconditional love for you, which means forgiving yourself which means forgiving yourself with your whole mind, body, and soul in this moment so that you can move forward in a way that calls in the love that you absolutely fucking deserve. And that is a love of reciprocity. That is a heart. That is a love full of wholehearted love and appreciation and devotion to you as a human. And that is a love that allows you to be human. That is a love that allows you to fuck up and loves you more because you are human and you deserve a love of somebody who looks at you as if you are the most beautiful, magical being on this entire planet because you are. You are. And it's all about just acknowledging, yeah, I am magic. I deserve to be seen as magic. And when we begin to see that in ourselves, it is reflected back to us on the external. And Sometimes it takes time and it's all divine, right? We have no control over the timing of how these things work. And yet we do have control over how it is we choose to talk to ourselves when we look in the mirror. And we do have control over the situations that we allow ourselves to stay in. And whether those situations are built on the foundation of love or whether those situations are built on the foundation of wounding. And I encourage you as we move through this episode to continue to come back to your sense of power, to continue to come back to your heart and allow every single word that I say to be filtered through your heart and you decide what resonates for you. And you look in the mirror and you ask yourself, where am I? How do I fit in here? Why did I listen to this episode? This is not an easy thing to listen to. Why are you here, my love? 
I hope these words bring you whatever it is that you're looking for. Okay. All right, my sweet dears. So after experiencing a near-death experience in 2016, um, I moved from Oaxaca City in Mexico to the place where I am now, Puerto Escondido. And that was the first time um, <sighs> I felt like my entire understanding of life was just shaken up. And I say that was the first time of that because it feels quite different than when I was sexually assaulted. Like after the sexual assault, I did have the orientation of where I was in terms of like what's happening internally and that deep awareness of like kind of where I fit into the world. Um, and of course I went outside of myself trying to search the void, trying to fill the voids that exist within me. But with this situation, after the near-death experience, it was like, I lost my orientation and my grounding almost completely. Like I didn't feel like I was a being of earth anymore. I didn't feel like I belonged here. I didn't feel, um, connected really to much at all. And it's a strange thing to say out loud, but as I reflect back on this time, there really was no like point of orientation is, is really what's coming to me. Um, and I think it's because there was like during the near death experience, I literally went to a different realm. Um, and was floating outside of my body. And then when I got back into my body, as I was healing from this experience, I, I, there wasn't the, I wasn't seeing the world from the perspective of earth or from the perspective of heavens or from like anywhere in between. I was literally felt like I was lost in space. And is that an excuse? No, but I was um, really, really had no like point uh, or way to orient myself in the world. Um, and I didn't know what to do with that. And right after that, um, there was a lot of physical pain and trauma with the near-death experience that's lasted, it lingered in my body for um, almost a year after. And so when I arrived in Puerto Escondido for the first time in my life, I started smoking weed. And I remember being like, oh, my fam people in my family love this. Like I will love it. And being in this place of not orienting myself from the earth <laughs> and also getting stoned uh, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I was just like, I don't know where Allie was. Allie was not present at this time. And I look back on this time and I reflect on some of the things that I did and it's just like, whoa, you did some shit. Like you fucked shit up and not in a good way. Um, and also I have so much love and compassion for that version of me because that version of me was just wounded. And we're, we can be so hard on ourselves, whether it's in the present moment or looking back about any time that we fuck up in life. And listen, we're just fucking human. 
I talked about this in the DUI episode. I got arrested for a DUI. I fucked up. I'm human. I stayed in relationships that I shouldn't have stayed in. I entered relationships that I shouldn't have entered. I put myself in places and spaces that were really, really unsafe. And we do these things when we feel unworthy. And how can we meet that part of ourselves, that unworthy part of ourselves that is so deeply hurt? And rather than judging that part, just seeing that part, just acknowledging and allowing ourselves to be with that version of ourselves wholeheartedly and without judgment because these wounded aspects of self, all they need is love to heal. All they need is love to choose differently. And it's so easy for us to get into these cycles of denial um, and judgment. And one thing that keeps us in emotionally abusive relationships or any type of relationship that is unserving for longer than we quote unquote should is denial. It's not acknowledging um, what our current reality is. And it's trying to put on those rose colored glasses when we know what's really happening is not fucking roses. Because when we're in this cycle of refusing to acknowledge what's actually happening around us, we are holding ourselves back from choosing what actually serves us. And it keeps us stuck. It keeps us stagnant. And we often in these phases of denial, we don't want to be wrong, right? Like, oh, I see so much potential in this person. I, and that's the thing too, like we can see potential, but it's not about the potential. It's about what they're showing us in this moment. And when we don't want to be wrong, we stay. We're like, no, I see that this person is a good person. I see it. I know it's coming out. I know it's there. I know it exists within them. I know that there's a seed inside of this person of goodness and love. And oftentimes when we are deeply empathetic and loving human beings, we see the good in people. And it's easy in those situations to turn our head away from the reality that it's not all good and it doesn't feel good and it doesn't feel safe. And it becomes easier to sacrifice our own sense of safety and to stay with that person than it is to make a change because we feel fear. We feel fear of the unknown. We feel fear when it comes to this person. When we don't feel safe, we try to walk on eggshells so that we are safe, but those eggshells keep us stuck in this relationship that's unserving. And so we have to allow ourselves to be wrong. And we have to allow ourselves to redecide in each and every moment that we want to be with this person. We have to allow ourselves to choose that person each and every day. And we have to give ourselves the permission to not choose that person. And these changes are heavy. It's not easy. 
It's not fucking easy walking away from a relationship that's abusive because there's so much fear that we hold in the body in respect to this person. And that happens over a period of time, right? Usually at first it's, it feels okay. It feels, um, expansive and exciting and loving and amazing. And we feel so lit up by being together. And then something happens uh, somewhere along the way. And we realize, oh my God, how, how did I get here? How did it get this bad? And then we try to see the good and we try to convince ourselves that it's good. We try so hard to convince ourselves that it's good. We try so hard to convince ourselves that we're safe and And we try to trust ourselves in our judgment that we originally had. And we rely on that sense of judgment in the past of this person that felt like, oh, this is good. We rely on that sense of knowingness because we are insecure with ourselves when we begin to see the red flags. So we trust our past version of truth, but we have to allow our truth to continuously evolve in the relationship to know that we are safe wholeheartedly and to keep ourselves safe wholeheartedly in that relationship. So when we feel insecure and unsure, when the red flags start to surface, we lean back on what we thought we knew to begin with. And that becomes our foundation of truth. And that is how we orient ourselves when it comes to this knowingness. And it's not true for the present moment. And that's how things can start to get icky um, and complicated and mucky in these relationships because it's not based on what's happening in the present moment because we try to convince ourselves that what's happening in the present moment isn't happening by relying on how we felt in the past. And I can say this with such um, confidence because I've been in this situation multiple times. And I've watched myself move through the process of feeling like, oh, this relationship is beautiful. This relationship is actually everything that I ever hoped for in a relationship. And then slowly over time, you ask yourself, oh, is is this safe? Am I safe? And then we look back and we think, oh, well, I was safe in this moment, so I'm safe in the present moment as well. And then our version of truth becomes distorted because simultaneously as we're questioning ourselves, this person is questioning us. There's gaslighting. They're making us feel fucking crazy. They are distorting our reality and we begin to lose our perception of of what's real for us because we don't know because this person is making us feel fucking crazy, right? How many of you listening to this have experienced that? And that for me... um was one of the hardest aspects that I've experienced in any relationship ever because it brings you away from your intuition. It takes you away from your sense of knowingness within yourself when you are made to feel crazy, number one, when you are told that you are wrong, when reality is distorted through this person's words. And when you are constantly activated by this person, and when I say activated, I mean emotionally activated and 
that looks like having your body physiologically respond to this person over and over and over again. It stresses the nervous system out. And when our nervous system is under stress, it's really hard for us to be in a state of grounded connection to our intuition because this is what I've realized as well. This is a download that came through pretty damn strong for me the other day. Um, and I would love to share is that, and this is really interesting. So you'll have to let me know if you agree with this as well, but, um, let me just turn this air conditioning off. Excuse me, sir. Can you swerve? Thank you. It's cold. All right. We're back on baby. Um, (laughs) you guys are like, okay, cool. So the download that came through the other day is based on the nervous system and which nervous system we are in. Um, So whether that is either fight or flight or rest and digest. So fight or flight is our sympathetic nervous system. Rest and digest is our parasympathetic nervous system. Our ego or our highest self is triggered. So when we switch into the parasympathetic nervous system, rest and digest, our highest self and our connection to our intuition is triggered. When we are in sympathetic nervous system, our ego, our egoic responses and our conditioned beliefs about ourselves and the world is automatically triggered. And I had this realization because I noticed the deep similarities between our ego and our highest self in respect to the body. They both live in the cells of the body, in the space of the cells in the body. And when we have a nervous system switch from one to the other, we go from either the falling back and relying and switching automatically into the thoughts and the beliefs of the ego versus the highest self. And this is deeply connected to the nervous system. So when we are in relationships and And also I would love to hear your perspective on that or if that resonates because it was just a download that came through and I was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense to me. And I've been asking my intuition over and over and over again, what the connection, what the correlation is with the body and the, um, in respect to the ego versus the highest self, as I began to study and realize that there are so many similarities. So let me know what you think about that. And Also, um, when we're in relationships that are constantly triggering to our nervous system, we automatically will be operating from our ego. We will automatically will be operating from our conditioned responses. And this is the space of fear. This is our space of fear. So our fear will influence all of our decisions as opposed to being in union and in connection to our intuition. And something I noticed within myself being in relationships that are emotionally abusive is that we really lose our connection to our intuition in these situations because our nervous system is constantly fucking activated. And it's constantly activated because we are being abused. We are being talked down to. We are being yelled at. We are being made to feel useless. And we stay because we believe to our core that we deserve that. And we can't leave until we decide wholeheartedly that we don't deserve that anymore. 
and until we forgive ourselves, but we have to forgive ourselves first. And we have in order to acknowledge that it's really even happening because after denial comes the acknowledgement that this is happening. And in order to be able to leave the situation, it has to come from a point of love. And that love comes from forgiveness of self. And it's not fucking easy. I know it's not fucking easy. It's fucking heart-wrenching. It's heart-wrenching to be in that situation and say, holy shit, I brought myself here. It's heart-wrenching to acknowledge, holy shit, I brought myself here and I don't deserve this for one second more. And we don't. We don't ever deserve this, my love. Uh, and I think back to the version of me that did feel like I deserved this. And I can't help but see her through the eyes of, oh, sweet love, with so much compassion. Because, <sighs> no. And back to the first situation, I'll do a little storytelling now. Um, after experiencing this near-death experience and um, starting to smoke weed and meeting new friends and being in a totally different environment and losing so many friends, it was at a point where I lost like all of my college friends and they just, I don't know how else to describe it besides like they just stopped loving me. And I was asking myself over and over and over again all the time, like, why? What did I do wrong? What's wrong with me? And that thought was so present in the back of my mind at this point. Um, and it had been a process of like a few months of losing these friends and then the near-death experience and then moving to Puerto and um, starting to smoke weed and there was so much confusion in my mind. And like at the end of the day, what lived inside of me was this belief that like I deserve to suffer and um, I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. Um, maybe I should have died. I remember thinking like after almost dying, like maybe it would have been easier if I died. And... I didn't necessarily believe that thought, but I remember having those thoughts. And I remember just wanting to numb everything, like the physical pain, the emotional pain, the mental pain of leave, leaving this volunteering position and feeling like I just fucked up so badly. Um, and because I... It was this whole fucking complicated thing, but um, I went to Oaxaca in order to work as a volunteer at an orphanage, and so I did that for X amount of time, and then I almost died, and I ended up leaving and going to the beach um, after I yeah, after I needed to heal my body because I went through paralysis and like the physical uh, side effects afterwards were so bad. So I went and I lived with a friend um, who was taking care of me as well because during the near-death experience, I was 
alone when it happened. Um, and I was so afraid that I was going to die on my own. Like every night I would just be like, I'm going to die here by myself. So anywho, moving on back to Puerto, um, and coping with all of this stuff, there was just such a deep seated belief that I was not worthy and that I was a fuck up. And this is also, uh, two years after the sexual assault and something inside of me during this sexual assault died. And, um, as I talked about in that episode and it took many, many years for me to learn how to rebirth myself, literally. And I was still in the haze of not understanding what self-love was, of like hating my body. At this point, I really hated my body because my body had um, failed me during this and it didn't, you know, obviously I survived, but I almost died. And like, it, it failed me during the almost death. And I was coping with so much on the physical level. Um, and I just wanted to run away from everything. And sex was something I used to numb. And my ex, I met him the first weekend I was in Puerto and it was like, I don't even I don't even know how to describe him besides saying like he was a he was a bitch like <laughs> imagine like the bitchiest man you've ever met in your life like he was a diva bitch that's like that's literally how I describe him he was just a fucking like he was a bitch and he was mean and condescending and like gave dirty looks and very childish. He was a fucking mean girl as a giant man. I have no idea. He was also a fire sign um, for those of y'all who are into astrology. And he was like super fiery. I also realized I don't super vibe with um, fire signs in terms of com compatibility. Uh, I'm <laughs> just acknowledging but um considering both of these exes that I'm talking about in this emotional abusive relationship episode we're both fire signs but not if you're a fire sign like I'm not saying I don't love you I 100% love you um and we all have our um best qualities and and then we have our not self qualities and these people were very expressed in their not self qualities as was I at the same time that we were together. So it has a little bit to do with them personally, me personally. And when we put us both together, this was the result. Um, and that's how I honestly feel like emotion, any type of abusive relationship dynamic works. It's like when this person, when a certain person is expressing their not self qualities or their quote unquote negative qualities or their um, wounded qualities as are the other half in the relationship dynamic. And then you put them together and it creates this big spiral of wounding one another in one in all of the ways. So anywho, um, so the first ex, I met him uh, when I, the first weekend that I arrived in Puerto and we just immediately hit it off, but it was almost as if like I hated him from the moment I met him, which is a really weird thing to say 
but I did. I like hated him, but I wanted him to love me. Um, he was so opposite of everything that I was. And I was like, oh, he's like kind of a bad, badass and like really feels cool to me. And I was like, I wanted him to love me. <laughs> Saying that out loud. What the fuck, Ellie? Um, and then he did, but almost immediately he started with like really sketchy behavior and he cheated on me. And I was like, I wanted him to love me anyway. And I remember he cheated on me. And then I went to this little beach town about a half hour, about an hour um, south of here with my friend who I was living with at the time. And, um, and mind you, we're all living together in a hostel. Um, he was working at the hostel. My friend had an apartment at the hostel and I lived with her in the apartment and I was also helping out at the hostel. But, um, so we're all fucking living together. He cheated on me with somebody who lived at the hostel also. Not ideal. Not ideal at all. Um, so we go off an hour south. We ended up staying there for like a week. And um, he ended up coming and he's like, I'm so sorry. So a few days later, he's like, I'm so sorry. I just want to be with you. And I was like, great, cool. And I like didn't even say anything. I remember the entire relationship feeling like I had zero voice because I just... I didn't want to say anything to him. I had nothing to say. I didn't have respect for him. Like I hated him and my soul was literally dead around him. So I was just like, okay, this is fine. This is the way it is. Um, and then I got back together with him without a fucking question. I was like, yeah, sure. Love me. And um, ended up coming back to the States a few months later. Uh it was really uncomfortable because we continued to live together at the hostel with the person that he cheated on me with. And he was always like checking her out. And there were times even after he like hooked up with her um, where he was like rubbing her feet at the hostel. And I was like, this is normal. This is fine. Let me just turn my head. It really strange, Allie, like giving her shoulder massages. I didn't ever get a fucking shoulder massage. Like what the fuck? And I was like, yeah, he's cool. He's great, Allie. Dear Lord. And then still I stayed with him. And then he was like, oh, I'm going to come to Boston and stay with you. And I was like, oh, dear Lord. Okay, fine. Um, so he ended up coming to Boston for a short period of time. Um, and also throughout this entire relationship, this person thought I was a vegetarian. And <laughs> I wasn't at that point. I am now. Well, I'm a pescatarian. But like, I had no fucking voice. Holy shit. It was fucking hell. And he comes to Boston. He's a big old dickhead. I still hated him. Um, He would say fucked up things to me like, oh, you just want to go back to school so that you can leave me. Um, All you think about is leaving me. He would call me ugly. He told me that I had to stop eating peanut butter because it's making me break out and I was ugly. He told me I couldn't eat chocolate. He uh, would grab my stomach and be like, you're getting fat, you're ugly, and what, 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 like all the shitty things that people say to make you feel bad about yourself. And then you just say, okay, thank you, fuck off. Like, but I, the thing in our relationship was I literally didn't speak. I didn't speak at all. And I remember my mom asking me like, I forget exactly what it was that she asked me, but he was living with me and um, and with her. And I 
ended up taking a trip to New Orleans to present um, research at the gerontal, ger- gerontological, the old people's society. <laughs> gerontological? Holy shit. How am I doing on this podcast? I am not well. Um, I ended up presenting research at the gerontological uh, society of America or something like that. Uh, anywho, about spirituality and um, uh, aging and like surviving surviving old age with spirituality. I don't remember exactly. That's not what the research paper was on, but something like that. So I take a little trip to New Orleans, leave him at home. He's a dickhead to my mom. And I'm like, oh my God, I come home and my mom's like, so is everything okay? Like, do you feel safe in this relationship? Basically she was asking me something like that. And, or she said, you're not yourself. Is everything okay? I've noticed that you're not yourself. And I was like, oh, dear Lord. Um, Deny, 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 deny. And then one day he was at work. I burst into tears and I was like, mom, I need him to leave. So I ended up having a conversation with him and told him that he needed to leave. And that was like, I think that was the only thing I ever said in our relationship was like, you need to go because you're a dick. The end. Um, He ended up leaving. I brought him to the airport game over. He said this thing to me. He, um, he messaged me after our breakup and he was like, you are the sun, the stars in the moon or something like that. And then, um, flash forward to the second time I was in an emotionally abusive relationship where it started all fucking butterflies and rainbows. And I was like, I'm going to end up with this person. And my mom told me I was going to marry this person. Like, newsflash we're not getting married um he can eat a dick uh just kidding i wish him well honestly like he's a good person um he means well it was just uh not meant to be we were definitely not meant to be he taught me a lot and he taught me that i can fuck up and love myself again um which i've done after our relationship but you have this thing happen or you move through this uh, abusive relationship and you're like, oh, I'm never doing that again. And then all of a sudden it happens again and you're like, what the fuck is wrong with me? How did I get here again? And I remember we were in Austin, Texas. So basically this person and I met, we hit it off like really strong, really hard right away. And then things started to get a little bit icky mucky I realized um that I wasn't being heard 100% all the time um which yeah which it it got way worse over time it was like at first he was wonderful but I think what happens in relationships is people can only show up as their best self for uh a certain amount of time before their real self starts to come out. And that was what happened with us. His real self started to come out. We were moving through the pandemic. We were like super codependent, working together, living together. We moved um, three times. Uh, We moved to Florida. We moved to Austin. And I remember when we were in um, Austin, one, we were staying in a, um, on a Native American ranch and one of the like aunts of the house there, she came out to my balcony with me and we were sitting uh, in one afternoon 
And she was like, Allie, do you know he's gaslighting you all the time? And I was like, yeah, I do know. And it's interesting because I observe these things myself. And it just makes it harder when people say something in the best way. It makes it so hard when somebody says something because then you can't ignore it anymore. Of course, I fucking know he's gaslighting me. I feel like a crazy person. Um, But like we're in Austin. I'm away from my family. I'm away from my friends. I mean, I did have um, two amazing friends in Austin at the time who were the most supportive angels in all of the land and who were literally like picked my ass up when um, life was hard with him. And yeah, it was just like, it's that same feeling too. When you move away from your friends and family, you don't have that sense of being able to orient yourself in your truth in the world because it's like, so it's so much easier to question yourself when you're outside of your normal environment and um, to justify things being normal or somewhat normal when you don't have people who know you saying, Allie, this isn't normal for you and helping you work through that and acknowledging it and seeing it together. Like it was just me seeing all these things. And I was like, am I fucking crazy? I remember in Florida before we got to Austin, I was like, this isn't happening. Um, We had just moved to Florida and I was like, this isn't fucking happening. This guy is not doing this. He's not speaking to me like this. He's not gaslighting me like this. This can't be happening. He's not checking out every girl he sees like obsessively. And he's not putting me down over and over and over again and saying that every other person in the entire world is perfect, but I am the devil. Literally like that was something he did. He would gas up every for well for the beginning of of our relationship he would like worship me and gas me up and be like you're so amazing you're so beautiful da 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 and then we got to a certain phase in the relationship where everybody else every other woman in the entire world was perfect and amazing and beautiful and a sweet angel and he could literally go on and on and on and on and on about everybody and then everything that i did was never good enough and it it made me feel fucking crazy i was like what I I just like, I couldn't conceptualize. I couldn't wrap my head around it. And I remember having a conversation with him as well about checking out other girls. And um, he made me feel fucking crazy. He was like, no, I'm not doing that. I was like, but I literally watching you. What do you mean? What, what do you, what do you mean? You're not doing that. And it's not even a matter of checking out other girls. Like when I am secure in a relationship, I don't give a fuck if you're checking people out. It's human nature. You can look, but don't be a fucking creep about it. Jesus. But the thing is, I wasn't secure in that relationship. I felt zero sense of safety. I felt gaslit and manipulated and um, torn apart and torn down. And I never felt good enough. And he made me like hate my body. He told me that I wasn't his type. He told me I wasn't his type. There are so many things I could tell you guys about the shit that he said to me. Holy shit. On my birthday, on my birthday, we were driving to Florida. We just arrived. We were in um, St. Augustine. And he told me if I, um, he, literally as we were cheersing, cheersing at midnight for my birthday, he said, if you said we could have an open relationship, I'd marry you today. And I was like, so you're telling me that I will inevitably never be good enough to satisfy you in a relationship like it's just an expiration date like uh what's happening here (laughs) 
what the fuck is happening here? You know, it's just like little things like that where you're just like, hmm, yeah, that's a little strange, but I, I, I don't know. I have, I have no words. I mean, there were so many fucking things. There were so many things, so many things, but, um, I don't know. Sweet man. He never meant anything by it. I know he didn't. He was just very, um, he's not the person for me. I need somebody who is empathetic and, um, and loving and has a secure attachment style. And that's the thing. Like when people grow up in households and, and what they witness in love is of wounding, it's easy for them to wound others as well. And this last person that I speak about, he experienced so much wounding in his life. And I remember I told him one day, because he didn't have a lot of close friends and he had a uh, fractured, can you do people say that? He had a fucked up relationship with his family and um, he didn't have a therapist. And I told him one day, I was like, listen, I can't be your girlfriend, your therapist, your mom, your dad, your brother, and your best friend and your lover. Like, I can't be all of these roles for you. It's so much pressure for me. And I can't give you all of the support that you need. And I asked him, I was like, if we're going to do this, we need to go to therapy. And eventually, after I was already gone, he agreed. But I was so gone. I was so gone. So I, I was done. Like... And the thing is, I, I love this person dearly and from afar, we have no contact, but truly like I see inside of him, all of the love that he is, he just wants love and he just wants to be loved. And, um, my heart breaks for him because he truly does wound the people that he loves or he did in the past. I don't know if that's the case anymore, but And that's the thing as well. It's so easy for us to see people's potential and to see the love that exists inside of them and to turn our heads against what's away from what's actually happening. What's actually happening? And how's this person making you feel? Do you feel safe with them? Do you feel secure? Do you have the permission to be a fucking human? Do you have the permission to fuck up and um, take space? Do you have the permission to blow up when you need to blow up? Do you have the permission to just be who you are and like do you balance each other out in terms of when he would be super expressive and when he would blow up I would really stand in his fire and just like hold space for that but I never had the permission to be human in that relationship I never had the permission to be like you're pissing me off it was all, it was, I always had to communicate from a space of like love and gentleness and slowness. And it wasn't reciprocal that sense of just being human, because when you love someone, you love someone unconditionally and you can't spend your entire life walking on eggshells. You can't always be the bigger person gets fucking exhausting. Is this a partnership or am I your fucking mother? And like that, I mean, that's not just in relationship in respect to um emotionally abusive relationships that's in respect to all relationships but i think 
society now is moving towards the understanding that in in typical uh, heterosexual relationships, that's all I can speak to, um, is that women are not the mothers anymore. Um, We're not saying yes to being the mom, the girlfriend, the best friend, the therapist, the healer. We can't do all of these things. We can't wear all of these hats in the relationship. We need reciprocity. We need emotional support. I need somebody who's going to stand by me and say, I fucking love you. And you need, you are, you deserve to be a human. You deserve to blow up sometimes and I'll stand in your fire. I need that. I need somebody who grounds me and balances me and loves me unconditionally because you know what? I've worked so damn fucking hard to cultivate this within myself. Leaving these relationships is the hardest thing I've ever fucking done. I've done a lot of hard things in my life, so, but it's really fucking hard. It's really fucking hard. And it's the most important thing. The most important decisions we can ever make for ourselves is to just choose ourselves is to just love ourselves anyway, especially in the moments where we're like, how the fuck did I get here? How the fuck did I get here? And I deserve to be loved wholeheartedly. And I don't fucking deserve this shit anymore. Don't fucking talk to me like that. Who the fuck do you think you are? Don't talk to me like that. This is, this is not, this is not working. This is absolutely not working. Like, And I see your wounds and I love myself more. I see your wounds and I love myself way too damn fucking much to sit and allow you to project them onto me. I love myself too much for that. And I love you, so I'm not going to enable you to do that. If you want to be in a fucking relationship, you're going to grow the fuck up. I'm not going to sit here and let you do this to me. And maybe this will plant a seed so that you fucking get it together for the next person that you're with because you're... Because wounded people wound people, hurt people hurt people. And that is so damn true. And being compassionate and being empathetic and being loving means we have to stop enabling people as they project their wounds onto us. We have to stop. We have to say, I love myself more than this. Just because I am a fucking woman doesn't mean I'm going to be your mother. I know it's confusing. But it we're not doing that. It's just it is not happening. Um, all right, my loves. <sighs> so no matter where you are in this life and respect relationships, I hope that during this episode I have planted the seed of self-love within you. That it's okay to fuck up. It's okay to do fucked up shit and seek revenge. I did some fucked up shit for revenge that I would never do being the best version of myself. But what we deserve in relationships is unconditional love, is reciprocity. And we have to ask ourselves, is this person bringing out the best version of me or are they bringing out the absolute fucking worst? Are they bringing out the worst? Because these people, they brought out the worst version of me possible. And you know what? I got to see that too. And I guess I needed that. I guess I needed to see that I can be a fucking savage animal 
and that could be gross. I guess I needed to see that. I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. But I do know now that there are some lessons we need to learn twice. And the more judgment I had for myself, the longer I kept myself in that relationship. Change comes from loving ourselves. It comes from knowing that we deserve better. Because if we judge ourselves, we're going to continue to self-sabotage. And we deserve relationships that allow us to navigate from our connection and our grounding to our intuition and to our highest self. We really do. We need that nervous system security. We need to feel safe in that relationship, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And I had a boyfriend um, once who way back in the day, he was a Pisces. And it's funny, I do really well with water signs for the most part. Saw Scorpio for a little bit. He was a little, uh, he did a little help with the mental emotional processing that I couldn't be his therapist. But, um, but I did feel really safe with him. And so that's what I want to acknowledge as well. Like, how does your body feel in respect to feeling safe with this person? And I look back on my relationships, especially like with this Pisces person, because I, can acknowledge the sense of safety that I had in my body with them and the permission that I had to be human, the permission that I had to be in my fire, to be in my storm and for him to hold me, to just hold me, to not judge me, to not hate me, but to give me the space that I needed to just calm down because the lunar essence inside of us, the quote unquote feminine is chaotic and um, I feel like we judge ourselves so much for that, but uh, all genders have that expression within us. It's not like only women have this lunar essence. No, we all have this. We all have a, a, both the lunar and the solar qualities, both the quote unquote feminine, the quote unquote masculine, but we need the permission and the reciprocity to hold each other in our storms. And the more permission that we have to express that, the more um like the the deeper we come into healing with ourselves because we know we can be all that we are without constantly feeling like we need to show up in a certain way or walk on eggshells but i talk so often about the different parts of us and in relationships we really need to feel safe to express all parts of us all parts have to have a home in that space too all right I love you so much. You deserve the absolute world. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're a beautiful, magical nugget angel. Um, if you feel like these words resonated with you, I invite you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Also check out my YouTube channel. I have so many magical meditations and practices there, and it's such a powerful combination to receive the teachings through the words and through the podcast, and then to do the embodiments and do the practices, the way that they worked hand in hand. It's like, it's made for this, right? And um, YouTube is my place right now. I'm really happy there. I'm really happy there. It's just the best place in the entire world. Also, I have a new program coming out. Um, 
It will probably be launched by the time this podcast is launched. It's called Sex and Money. It's a group program and it's centered around the energetics of the sacral chakra. So we will be diving deep into healing of the sacral chakra, which is where we hold a lot of trauma in our energy body. So we're going deep into the depths of this shit. We are using the energy of Scorpio season, the energy of eclipse season to bring us into that. It's a three month container and it's going to be really magical. I think it's one of my favorite offerings I've ever put out into the world. Also, if you're looking for one-on-one support, I am currently offering a five-week intensive healing container. I will link all of this stuff in the show notes. I love you so much to my bad witches. Thank you so much for showing the fuck up and for being here. I love you with my whole heart. Happy, happy day. Blessings, love, unconditional magic, miracles. Fuck it up, my queens and kings. Thank you.